Welcome to the BASAC View. We are the Battlefords and Area Sexual Assault Center, and this is an educational podcast about consent, self-healing, and keeping yourself safe. Join Kayla and Michelle as they maneuver their way into all the topics you hate talking to your kids about. Sex, puberty, body safety, growing up, and most importantly, power in no. Because consent is mandatory. Hi, you guys. Hello. And welcome to episode four of the BASAC View. Okay, before we get started, how cool is that intro? That's a cool intro. <laughs> mm-hmm. It took us three episodes, but we finally have an introduction that we're pretty proud of. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. You know, I think we'll always be a work in, in progress, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we just want to say thanks to everybody for all the support. I mean, it's been so cool. It's been right? really cool. The, the feedback has been good. Uh, positive and we actually appreciate all the feedback because it helps us learn right so what's the topic this week miss kayla okay you guys it's a good one and it's definitely one that needs to be highlighted we're talking about validation and empathy today when it comes to sexual assault or sexual abuse Mm, and it's a big topic it's a very big very important topic if if you think back to a time when you faced i don't know a crisis in your life you were feeling vulnerable you were feeling scared and you got brave enough to talk to someone. What made you feel supported and safe? You know, I don't, I don't think it was the conversation itself, right? Or even the words that the person said that made you feel better. I mean, yes, that is nice. That is kind. But what's the thing that meant the most? You know, it's probably just knowing that the person believed you. I mean, it's that simple, right? That they listened, that they heard you, that they're not accusing or blaming you. Yes. And at the end of the day, that they supported you, that support you guys. They said, basically, I hear you and I believe you. Right. And, you know, that's probably the most important thing that you need to hear in that moment is, I I believe you. you. That's right. Right? Because that's what validation is. That's right. It's a reassurance that it's okay to feel whatever emotions you're feeling, right? That you're valid in those feelings. And then what you went through is not your fault, right? And that they care about you and that they got your back. Got yeah. your back. Yeah. But you know what? Sadly, that's not always what happens when people come forward with their sexual assault experience. I mean, here they are. They're coming at you. They're wounded. They're raw. They're feeling so vulnerable. And they've had to muster up this bravery and and be braver than they have ever been in their life and they are seeking someone to say i got you sister i got you brother you know and to have that person mean it and more times than not i'm so frustrated to say they don't get that validation they don't get that empathy right what a hard path to go through when you're not receiving those things during this traumatic time in your life can you imagine that's like being hurt and traumatized all over again, all over again, right? When someone discloses that this very bad, awful sexual violence has happened and the response they get is blame or shame that just wounds them all over again, maybe even deeper. Absolutely. They're being ripped apart yeah. over again. Yes. All over for, again. That's for sure. That harm being done, the damage being done at that moment is more often than not irreparable, right? It's something 
it's something that they may never heal from. And that in itself is truly horrific. It's, mm-hmm. it's so sad. Mm-hmm. Imagine going to someone bruised, wounded, and raw and scared, and they say, ah, just get over it. Are you going to be a victim all your life? I mean, it could be years and years after the fact that you actually disclose it. But that doesn't mean that your feelings are any less intense or real, right? And they're saying, why are you letting this control you? You know, it could have been worse. That that actually doesn't sound like real rape. Uh, <laughs> are you kidding me? God, but yeah, we hear this all the time, <laughs> yeah. Michelle. It right? We do, yep. I get that if you've never experienced sexual violence or a, or a sexual assault in any way, it's hard to have empathy or understand, but you come on. Right. Right, come on. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're a teeny tiny little three-year-old t- toddler who's been violated, and the person you tell tells you to shush up. It's Zip happened. it. It's a family secret. We're not going to talk about that. We don't speak of that kind of thing in this family. <laughs> right? We, we've heard it. We've heard it or you tell your best friend that your boyfriend's buddy raped you the night before and she says oh he does that to all the girls it's just what he does get over it so that doesn't even make sense to me and is that supposed to make it all better and make it all go away right right i guess so yeah i can tell you it does not but what it does do it increases that self-blame it increases the guilt and it magnifies that shame magnifies it it. it can make that survivor withdraw from life it raises that fear factor to immeasurable heights Mm -hmm. right it makes you more scared it makes you more vulnerable it makes you just more fearful and anxiety sets in panic pain actual physical pain of keeping it all inside there's so many disorders that can come from keeping it inside depression suicidal thoughts or attempts because it can be a pain so deep that it takes your breath away that's a really powerful sentence yeah yeah i mean it's just it is just unless you've experienced it you can't possibly understand if you had experienced it you would not be saying oh just get over it Sexual assault, sexual violence is as old as time itself, yet it's still something that society refuses to admit even happens, or they just don't want to know that it happens, right? It's the ignorance. Yeah. It's naivety, right? If we don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. Yes. So much so that we always end up blaming the victim. Victim blaming. Yeah, victim blaming's huge. You know, there's some tweets that I've seen uh, about sexual assault. Oh, Lord, I'll buckle in. <laughs> Please do. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you don't want to get raped, don't get blackout drunk. Just a thought. I don't believe that sexual assault is never your fault in every situation. That 16-year-old girl wasn't forced to drink. She set herself up. These are tweets that you saw? Yeah. Wow. Yep. See... The most surprising to me is that people are so ignorant that they will put this on a public social media platform for everybody to read. Right. And they are confident in their stance that if you don't want to get raped, don't get drunk. Yeah. People think that. Yeah. It's your fault. It's her (sighs) fault. Oh my gosh. Right? Don't get drunk. Or just because you regret it doesn't mean it was rape. Right? I mean, that's, that's, come on, people. We need to take a look at what we are teaching our children, which, by the way, just happens to be our jobs. And, you know, what about teaching our kids also to not be assaulters? Right. What about helping our kids when they're young? 
getting the help that they need with their anger issues, for example. We have a lot of anger issues in kids. Lots of it. And we're seeing that earlier and earlier and earlier. Some of our biggest demand for our programming Mm -hmm. is elementary. Yep, it is. We teach, yeah, like you said, we teach the stuff to the students that we talk to and we don't just limit it to sexual violence. Mm -mm. People think because we're from the sexual assault center that that's what our main focus is. And of course it is. It's absolutely at the center of what we facilitate, but it's not everything, right? We talk about anger and we talk about frustration. We talk about coping skills for that anger, for that frustration. Which is huge huge. because as your child, you're told to Shut up. Go to your room. Don't seen, talk like be that. Be seen and not heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Expressing your feelings with I statements. We do a lot of I statement homework with our kids. Right. And we talk about how not to become an abuser. Yeah. We talk about healthy relationships and the warning signs that come with it. And you know, everyone, all parents should be teaching their kids about that. At home. It starts at home. Right. It really does start at home, but it's such an awkward conversation. It is. And, you know, even, and I've talked about my my teenager at home that I'm comfortable talking about these conversations totally with anybody, mm-hmm. but it's still awkward talking to him about it, right? Sure. Because he's, he feels awkward. Yeah. And well, and he's so, a teenage boy yeah. talking to his mom about this. So yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. But it is something we should be teaching our kids about. And that's why we're doing these podcasts yes. to open up the conversations and to give tips and ideas of what can we do then? Mm-hmm. How do I broach this subject? Because we have heard over and over again here about the responses people have had to sexual violence disclosure. And it actually blows my mind how negative and how unkind they are. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. How people are not believed. It's mind blowing. It blows my mind. Sure, there are some people have issues. There are some people call wolf, right? When it didn't happen. We understand that. We under, we we understand that. But what we're talking about is the people that actually did happen to. The majority of people reporting have just been through the worst experience of their life and they're hurt on so many levels, right? Physically, emotionally, mentally. They've been violated in unspeakable ways and they're basically being told, get over it. Mm. Or they're being blamed because they wore high heels. Or a short skirt. Or they went jogging down a path by themselves. Come on, give me a break. I mean, no wonder people don't report. Because they fear what others will think of them. They fear that they'll be blamed. They they think, I don't want anybody to know. They'll think bad things about me. People will think I'm damaged. Right. So they hide it. But it changes them when they do that. And you can't hide that change. It's not a wonder people don't report or have faith in the legal system. I mean, goodness. We know of so many women just getting hammered in court with this, right? The court process is a long one. It's a lengthy one. And it's a painful one. It's really like being re-victimized all over again. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's harful. Yeah. In an ideal world, this is how it would play okay. out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Buckle in. Yeah. So first off, the sexual assault or the sexual violence takes place. Horrifically. Right. Second, the survivor now has to make sense of it. Their whole world has shifted because of this one situation, and because it, of this sexual assault. And it does. They feel unsafe. They feel out of control. They're blaming themselves. Next, the survivor then tells someone what happens to them and they get the help 
they get the validation they need. Sounds perfect. They're being heard. They're being listened to and they're being believed. Yeah. Perfect world, right? Yeah. And lastly, they thrive in a healthy way because they're being validated and they're receiving the proper and helpful support, right? The healing can begin and they can find some new normalcy in their life. On the other side of that, this is what happens when they don't receive that support. I think the first three steps would be similar, right? The sexual assault, sexual violence takes place. Yep. The survivor now has to make sense of it. Their whole world has shifted, like we said, so they're feeling unsafe. They're feeling out of control. They're blaming themselves. They're scared, right? They disclose. They tell someone what happens to them. And they get the help and the validation they need. But what if they don't? Then they start to see themselves as wrong. They continue to blame themselves and feel that intense shame. They start to you know, have that doubt in their mind. Did I do this? What did I do to make this happen? Yeah. Right? How this is, must be my fault. They, they truly suffer alone and in silence. It's kind of the next step. It starts to fester inside mm-hmm. and it builds and it builds. And no matter how hard they try to make sense of it, they can't, they feel isolated. They fall apart. The next step, they feel hopeless and helpless. They can lose their confidence their self-esteem drops. Mm-hmm. They may develop dangerous ways to cope, like substance abuse, or yep. they withdraw. They live in fear. They act out in different ways, right? They never feel safe. They feel unworthy. Can I, I can go on and on, right? Not to mention their family suffers. Oh, yes. Their work suffers. Mm-hmm. Their community as a whole suffers. And they suffer. We sort of talked about how the community suffers due to sexual violence in our first episode. If any of its citizens are suffering, yeah, the community is going to suffer too. Absolutely. Kids, kids grow up angry, right? They may turn into abusers themselves because they didn't get the help that they needed. For sure. And it doesn't just affect one or two people in each community. It's affecting millions of people around the world. And can you imagine a world where people didn't have to suffer like this. I don't even think that it's ever existed. But can you imagine? Can you imagine the healing journey that could happen if every sexual assault survivor was validated and they felt listened to? Can you imagine the healing that would happen? Yeah. So what can we do to help Michelle? How, How do we validate someone who discloses to us? First, believe them. You know, like hide your shock if you can. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) But believe them because that is what they need in that moment for you to believe them. If it's recent, suggest that they go to the hospital, get some testing done, get the kit done if necessary. And you need to stand by them too, should they, should they uh, decide to report it. Absolutely. Now, having said that, I mean, that's an adult person's choice to report But if they're a minor, there is a duty to report. And that's a whole topic on itself and one that we will cover in an upcoming episode. But just know that if they are a minor, they are a minor, there is a duty to report, which I think stops a lot of people too, right? Don't tell me because then I'll know. And then I'll feel bad because I should be doing something about it and I don't want to get involved. And it's important to note that duty to report, you have a legal responsibility 
if a minor discloses to you that they're being touched in an inappropriate way or being assaulted, anything of the matter, physical abuse, emotional abuse, any kind of abuse, um, you need to listen to them. Yeah. And you ne- you have a legal obligation to report it. I just read this story the other day. Mm-hmm. And this waitress, I actually watched the police um, press conference after. And this waitress, this family came in, a family four. Like, this is just recent, right? Since since Christmas. Family four came into the restaurant. And so the boy looked to be about 10, 11. The little girl was four. And then the mom and dad stepdad in this case and they all ordered the food but they wouldn't let the they wouldn't let the boy order now he had a hoodie on and he had his mask on but the waitress saw a scratch a pretty deep scratch between his um, eyebrows yeah and so she just kind of she just kind of paid attention to them it was actually it was actually like a I don't know, like this was meant to happen because this family came in at a less busy time, which where she could actually focus and keep her attention on this table. Anyway, just the way he was being treated and keeping his head down and whatever, she just, you know, that's spidey sense. We talk about it all the time. And so she wrote in a napkin. Yes. Do you need help? Yeah. Do you, are you okay? Yes. I think was the first, because it, and it just so happened they sat at this table where the parents weren't going to see what she was able Like, it all kind of just fell into place. Yes, it was fate. It was fate. And so she wrote on a napkin, do you need help? And he kind of nodded his head and put his hands up as if to say, but I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Or are you okay? And then, and then do you need help? Yeah. And he nodded his head. So she went and phoned her boss and said, what do we do? And the police came and he had suffered... They had hung him up by his ankles. And that is, just think, just think if she, if that person had thought, I'm not getting involved. Totally. Which so many people do. Yeah. I'm not getting involved. And they pretty much saved that little boy's life, right? Like the little girl yes. wasn't being abused or tortured like he was, but now they'll never, that'll never happen yeah. to her either. Right. Yeah. But um, I just, my heart is so, I was sobbing. <laughs> right. What an amazing woman. So yeah, because she chose to get involved. She saved his life. So you need to believe them. Uh, so if somebody, continuing on, sorry, continuing on our conversation though, about um, if somebody discloses to us, ask what they need. Yes. Not everybody needs you to stand up and say, we're going to kick his butt or her butt. We're going to, you know, we're going to yell it out to the rooftops. Not everybody requires that. So you need to ask today, what yeah. do you need? Because next week I might be brave enough to yell it from the mountaintops, but today... This is what I need. Tell them that there is no right or no wrong to heal because everybody's impacted in a different way. We need to avoid saying, oh, you don't seem too bad. It could have been worse. Ugh, right? Yeah, let's stop doing that. Don't beat them up. Don't accuse them. Like I said before, well, if you haven't gone jogging down that path alone. Ugh, right. Right? I mean, come on. You should feel safe to go jogging down a path alone. Of course. So you want to be, you want to be that positive source in their life. Like no shaming and no blaming. Trust me. They are going through that themselves. They are doing that to themselves already. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Shaming themselves, blaming themselves. Right. And you know what? In any healing process, 
it's always sometimes two, three steps forward and one back. So don't beat people up when they have a bad day. When something triggers them to that memory, it might just be a certain smell. It might be a certain noise. It might be the way someone flicks their tongue. You know, like it could be anything that triggers them. So don't beat them up when they have a bad day. That PTSD is very real. I saw a quote on uh, Instagram that said, healing is not linear. And it was a graph. Right. And it had peaks because like you said... Two steps forward, one step yeah. back. Yeah. Every day you're healing and every day is a new day. And there's different aspects to, um, you know, to a person's healing, right? Mm-hmm. And so we just have to respect that and Absolutely. be kind about that. So some things that we can say to survivors. You're going to be mind blown how simple this is, you guys. <laughs> okay. One thing you can say, I genuinely am so sorry this happened to you. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry you had to endure this. I'm so sorry. This stuff makes me emotional. That's okay. (laughs) Emotions are welcome. Another thing you can say, you know, this is not your fault and there's nothing you did that could have made this your fault. Always, always stressing that they were not to blame. Another thing you can say, I'm so glad and I'm so grateful that you told me that. And I want you to know that I'm here for you. And you're not going to have to go through this alone. Sometimes people just need validation that they have a partner, that they have somebody walking beside them along this path to healing. Right. And it's so simple. Like we said, it's so simple. It is simple. No one has a right to hurt you. And we have to remember, and I know it's hard for a lot of people, you guys, but at the end of the day, sexual violence is never the victim's fault ever ever there is no action that can ever excuse a person who hurts another person Mm -hmm. right yep the one who does the assaulting is who is responsible amen they are the ones in the wrong and surely they are the ones who deserve to be held responsible yes right i i don't know how they can look themselves in the mirror knowing what they've done how do you make peace with that that part i don't understand Mm -hmm. but we also want to say that there is help for them as well you know as a society we need to change this obviously we need to stop harming and blaming the survivor and put the blame shame and responsibility where it belongs and we need to start believing and we need to start supporting survivors you guys they are the ones whose lives are being changed they are the ones who are in desperate need for support, right? So I'm going to put this out there. Our facility doesn't get, I don't want to say community support, but our facility, even the name of it, the Sexual Assault Center, makes people very uncomfortable. Yeah, we've talked about when we're talking with friends or family or people we just meet and they ask what you do for work and we say we work at the Sexual Assault Center, there is a certain look people give you. Right. And there's a certain response like, oh, that must be tough work. Right. You know, it's always just a dark cloud looming over Baysack. It makes me sad. It does make me sad because what we do here is important. The work, our counselors, you and I going out in the school and talking with kids and we make it fun. Yes. So it's not a, it's not a taboo conversation or, oh, you guys are from the sexual assault center. Oh, you know, I mean, we work here. We see what's going on for people who don't have this sexual assault, or sexual violence in their lives. It's pretty hard for them to understand. Mm -hmm. And it is a little bit scary. So we understand that. 
But remember, there's one in three girls are being assaulted. And one in five boys are being assaulted. And those are just the reported cases. Those are staggering statistics. They are. And so if you look around, if you're in a room and you look around, and it's not you who's been molested or assaulted, then for sure it's one of the people around you. Yep. And that's why there is such a huge need for our services. A huge need. Just because we don't talk about it or admit it, that it happens in our families or in our homes doesn't mean that it's not a problem. No. We exist because it is a problem. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's it's a problem that's been there since the dawn of time. It's a huge festering problem that will not go away if we keep avoiding it. Yeah. All that does is enables the perpetrators to do it again and again and again. And it has to stop. And we have to believe those who disclose because it takes more bravery than you guys can even imagine to tell somebody, oh, to muster up that courage and yeah. vocalize what happened to you is a step in healing that is a very, very difficult and complicated one. Because you're scared you're going to lose that person's love. That person's respect. We're so scared of judgment. Yeah, they're going to judge me. Um, and that's even going to make me more, feel more violated and dirtier and uglier. And yeah. loss of friendship, right? Loss of family. Definitely. Right? You can't undo their experiences. That's a part you can't do. But what you can do is help them in a different way by supporting them. By reassuring them that their feelings are very valid. What? Well, this happened to you when you were three and now you're 40? Come on. Right. Get over it. Yes. But it's not, it's not that easy. No. So you tell them that you believe them. And then you show up for them in whatever way they need. Maybe just saying it the one time and telling that person is all they need to start that healing yep. process, right? You just might be what they need to heal. That's a love and caring thing. That's beautiful. It is a love and caring thing That's to do. It's beautiful. Okay, let's all take a deep breath. Yeah. Because that was a heavy topic today. <laughs> it was heavy, but it's necessary. I think all of our topics are necessary, but man, that validation, it goes a long way with survivors. And I think it, it comes with what you're open to, right? I mean, this just is like our second language. Yeah, it really is. Because this is where what we do. This is what we do. And we don't see. No, that's not true. We see it in other people. But our conversations are not the conversations they're having down over at the local, you know, <laughs> sports store. Totally. Right? Yeah. So, and, and it's something that we're actually very comfortable talking to. And that's why we're here for people to come and talk in a safe place where they're not going to be judged. And you know what? They're going to be believed. Because at the end of the day, all survivors need is to be believed. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And with that, you guys, we're closing off episode four of the Basic View. Once again, please don't forget to give us a rating, leave us a review, and don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, see you guys. Bye-bye.